Hello, everybody. You're listening to Crunch Squad. It's a podcast within a podcast, wherein we discuss the rules, the mechanics, and the number crunching behind this wonderful game of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host for Crunch Squad, and today I'm joined by nobody, actually. That's right. Today, it's just you and me together, alone, away from all of the hustle and bustle, the noise and the commotion, to talk about everybody's favorite super weird little dragon lizard guys, kobolds. That's right. Now, I was absolutely convinced that we'd already done a Crunch Squad for kobolds, because I know we've talked about some kobold mechanics already in the podcast, uh, especially during that episode where we kind of futzed around with Fleeple's uh, traits a little bit. But uh, as we were looking back through our records, it turns out, no, we hadn't done an actual Crunch Squad for kobolds yet. Uh, So here we are. And this should be a relatively short one because there's not a whole lot to say about kobolds. But I am going to be going through both the original kobold rules that were released in Volo's Guide to Monsters a few years back. And then the more recent kobold that was released in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes more recently. And we're going to kind of compare and contrast between those because we have used both sets of rules in the podcast here. So starting with the Volo's Guide to Monsters stats, this is a bit of an odd situation because the stats that were released for the monstrous characters in Volo's Guide to Monsters, they weren't necessarily intending people to use them as much as they have. Uh, The team wasn't necessarily expecting that people would like to play these weird little guys as much as they do. So there's some odd stuff in the stat block that you don't see in a lot of other stat blocks. So first of all, the ability score increase, you increase your dexterity by two and decrease your strength by two, which is already very odd because usually you'll see increase one stat by two, increase another stat by one. And you know, there's more recent stuff that's been going on with Tasha's culture and everything where you can just kind of assign stats as you please. But already we're seeing some very weird stuff in that we've got a negative ability score modifier. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Also explains why Fleeple is terrible at uh, strength related kind of stuff. Now, moving on to size, you're small, but your speed is 30 feet. This is also kind of weird. A lot of small creatures have a movement speed of 25 feet, but I guess they decided that kobolds just get to be a little speedier than everybody else. Hmm, Okay, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to complain, I love kobolds. Next up, we've got dark vision, which is a pretty standard thing that we see in a lot of races. But what's odd with this one is they also get sunlight sensitivity, which gives you disadvantage on attack rolls and perception checks that rely on sight when you or the target of the attack or whatever you're trying to perceive is indirect sunlight. The reason this combination is weird is because usually when you see a race that has sunlight sensitivity, they also have greater dark vision. In fact, I think we brought this up a couple times on the podcast itself. Greater dark vision gives you dark vision out to a range of 120 feet rather than the 60 feet for normal dark vision. And sunlight sensitivity often helps to kind of balance out that extra benefit there. But here, kobolds just get the regular 60 feet and also sunlight sensitivity on top of that, which is odd. Uh, also explains why Fleeple has those magical sunglasses that I had Thomas homebrew for me. Next, we get to one of the most unique racial features that the kobold has, which is called Grovel, Cower, and Beg. As an action on your turn, you can cower pathetically to distract nearby foes. This was part of the reason why I loved these rules for the kobolds so much is I love leaning into just the kind of pathetic, very meek sort of aspect of the kobold where they're like, 
you know, descended from dragons ostensibly, but realistically, they're kind of little worms. They're, they're little little bags of scales that are not actually all that intimidating. So grovel, cower, and beg. You distract nearby foes by doing this in their presence, and until the end of your next turn, your allies gain advantage on attack rolls against all enemies within 10 feet of you that can see you. So you start groveling, cowering, begging, all enemies within 10 feet are like, what the heck is this little kobold doing? And that distracts them sufficiently for all of your allies to get advantage on attack rolls against them. And you can use that once per short rest. Next up, the last thing that we have from the original Volo's Guide to Monster rules is pack tactics, which is something that you'll generally only see in monster stat blocks, like in the monster manual. You don't often see that associated with player races because it's a pretty darn good ability that is maybe a little broken for a player character to have. But since it was adapted from a monster stat block originally, kind of explains why they left it behind. Pack Tactics, you have advantage on an attack roll against a creature if at least one of your allies is within five feet of the creature and the ally isn't incapacitated. So it's kind of similar thematically to a rogue sneak attack, except instead of getting the extra damage, you just get advantage on that attack roll, which is pretty darn good. I'm a fan of that, but I kept forgetting to use it uh, so, so many times that I could have used that ability but didn't, didn't get the benefit. Oh well, it is what it is. Now, we're going to look at the updated version of the Kobold that was released in Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes. And I know that at one point in the podcast, I kind of disparaged this update because I thought it wasn't as thematically akin to my personal view of Kobolds as I would have liked, because the Kobold that I like from Bolo's Guide to Monsters is the miserable, pathetic little Kobold that grovels, cowers, and begs, whereas the updated Kobold leaned a little bit more into the nobility of the Draconic heritage and made them seem a little bit cooler, which I didn't like, um, oddly enough. I wanted Fleeple to be that meek, pathetic little guy that endears him so much to all of our souls, but there's a lot of similarity between these stat blocks. There's some stuff that's taken away, some stuff that's added. Just starting up at the top there, you know, we're still small. Our walking speed is still 30 feet. We've still got dark vision, but they've gotten rid of the sunlight sensitivity, which is great. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, incidentally, they also got rid of sunlight sensitivity from the Durgar. So at this point, I'm pretty sure the Drow is the only race that still has sunlight sensitivity. And, you know, I'm okay with that because sunlight sensitivity is the pits. It's bad. I don't like it. Uh, you have to force your DM to homebrew a special pair of magical sunglasses for you to get over, you know, that terrible disadvantage. But now, don't have to worry about it with the new kobold. Next up, we've got the Draconic Cry, and this is our equivalent of Grovel, Cower, and Beg from the old version of the kobold, but it again leans more into that kind of noble aspect of the Draconic heritage, where it's like, instead of distracting these people by how miserable you are, you're distracting them by how surprisingly intimidating you are. And so it's basically exactly the same thing, except there's a couple of pretty significant changes that make it better in practically every way. First, whereas the original cost you your entire action, now it only costs you a bonus action. So it's much easier to use in combat. And additionally, whereas previously you could only use it once per short rest, now you can use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest and that really increases your chance of getting this ability out there and using it frequently. So honestly, pretty much a buff in every single way for this feature, really good update there. And then we also get rid of pack tactics from the original one, 
but we replace it with Kobold Legacy. And this gives you a few different options that you can choose from, which is something you'll see more frequently in some of these new races that are coming out. You'll get more choices about what you can do with those abilities so that you're not as kind of pigeonholed into one specific thing. And so the idea here is that your connection to dragons manifests in one of three particular ways. Either you manifest the craftiness of dragons, and that gives you proficiency in either arcana, investigation, medicine, sleight of hand, or survival. And that is the one that I chose for Fleeple when we switched him over from the old kobold to the new kobold. I believe I gave him proficiency in arcana, which in combination with that sick giant rune tattoo on his forehead is pretty, pretty good. I'm a fan of that. Another way that it can manifest is with the defiance of a dragon, which gives you advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the frightened condition on yourself. And then the final way that it can manifest is with draconic sorcery, which means that you know one sorcerer cantrip of your choice. And then you can use either intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. Any of the non-physical ones you can use as your ability score for that particular cantrip. And that pretty much does it. Kobolds are a pretty simple race. They don't have like sub races and all kinds of weird stuff. Pretty streamlined, pretty straightforward. But just to talk a little bit about the thematics between the two, um, like I said, I kind of initially disparaged this update to the Kobold because I wanted Fleeple to be miserable and cowering and pathetic. But when we got that boon from Bahamut, it really did start to make more sense that Fleeple would engender a bit more nobility. And so I think when you're looking at the two, mechanically speaking, the new Kobold is pretty much better in every way. I would recommend going for that. And if you still want to be the weird little dragon dude who likes to hang out in the cave and eat bugs or whatever, then you can just do that with flavor. That's actually going to do it for this week's episode of Crunch Squad. I hope you've enjoyed as much as I have enjoyed talking about my lovely little dragon boys that I love so much. And so from wherever you get your podcast, please leave us a review. It boosts our ratings throughout each podcast service. It puts our show in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. Now, if you want to write something a little longer than a review, you can also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Now, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insight from players in the DM, and behind-the-scenes shot, behind shots of us making this incredibly fun world. Now, we just want to give a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, and since I'm the only one who's here, I get to say whatever I want to about this podcast, because it's my podcast, it's the one that I'm in charge of, and Thomas has been a player on there a couple times before, and it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Currently, we're playing through Blades in the Dark, doing an Avatar The Last Airbender-themed Blades in the Dark campaign, and it is wild and crazy. We're digging into a lot of kind of obscure Avatar lore, and really just having a fun time with that. But also, we love our fake campaigns, which are completely improvised, off the cuff. We sit down, we don't know what we're gonna say. Anything that you're hearing for the first time is also the first time we're hearing it because it didn't exist before that moment. Absolutely zero prep, tons of fun, so go give that a listen. Lastly, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I am Ned, the host of Crunch Squad, and uh, it's only me, just me and you, me and all my good friends out there in podcast world. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep the fire going, and we'll see you next time.